I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Welcome to Happy Life Studios. You're in for a special treat today. We have a, a, a very special guest. Well, she's special to me anyway, and she's special to a lot of people that she knows, and she knows a lot of people because of her work. Her name is Carrie, and uh, her last name is Corkins, but it used to be Hayes, my sister, Aww. my favorite sister in the whole world. Carrie, welcome to Happy Life Studios. Thanks for having me. I'm so It's good to be had, huh? Yeah. It is good to be at. <laughs> actually, it's kind of funny. We say we're in Happy Life Studios, but we're actually in Bobby, your husband's studio right mm-hmm. now, which is kind of nice. I was able to plug my Zoom Q8 camera right in and uh, was able to do this podcast. So, you know, I'm out here um, doing one of our uh, roundtables, one of our master classes. But the biggest thing I'm doing is I'm out here hanging out with my sister I haven't seen for a couple of years. So it's really great to hang out with you, Carrie. But as we've been doing some talking, you know, I thought, man, that would be a great Happy Life podcast. And so you're going to enjoy listening to her because she is the real deal. This could be the real deal. Oh, yeah. Carrie, you have helped me out a lot in the past. You know, when I look at your amazing child, your daughter, um, she looks just like you did. The same eyes, the same everything, the same hair, the same cuteness. But we were like eight years apart when we were growing up. Yes. You know, we didn't get that much time together before right. I went off to, to college or whatever. And eight years was a long time. But as we got older, you know, we started to get to know each other a little bit more and, and started talking to each other. And there were many times I just called you to, to talk, but you have helped me out tremendously. And a lot of that could be because of your, your job. I mean, tell us a little bit about what you do, about who you are. So I have been in human resources for a lot of years, over 15 years, and in human resource management. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, it's quite all right. I have been in human resources for about 18 years, and for several of those years I've been in human resource management and have supported senior leadership in the companies that I work for. Tell us a little bit about that. What does that involve? Doesn't it have to do with getting along with people or teaching people to get along with each other? You are one of the first people that would think that human resources is about getting along with each other. Because that is a key part of human resources. Most people say human resources, oh, you hire and fire people. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. That's a small part of the job. I would say, you know, the, the most valuable part of the job for me is helping people live to their fullest potential, training and development, uh, supporting leadership, supporting employees, making sure that they're living up to the talents, living up to the full potential that they have. Wow. Hashtag happy life. I mean, isn't that what being happy is all about? And that's a lot of ways that you've, you have helped me out. 
I mean, here your job is for 18 years you've been working with people, helping them to become their best, their truest selves, their happiest selves. And I've been teaching them to get along with, with people. Yes, that's um, a huge part of it. In fact, even for the last year or so, I mean, you took like a whole year's worth of life coaching. Is that right? I did. Yeah, and you, you've coached me a lot. In fact, I remember you even telling me several years ago, like, Steve, you should be a life coach. And mm-hmm. I thought, I'd love to do that. I just know how to do it. And now I'm doing it, right. you know, and it's, it's a blast. I, I love it. I imagine there's got to be parts about HR that are good one way or, and bad the other way. I mean, mm-hmm. dealing with people is always good and bad at the same time. But I think that's kind of what happy life is. It's getting and keeping happy in every circumstance, good and bad. So... In, in all your dealing with people these 18 years mm-hmm. and even what you took a whole year year's worth of training on how to be a life coach can you tell us what you've learned that would help people get to a happier life what i have learned is there are some critical skills that a lot of people don't know how to use or how to gain and no matter where i'm at no matter what company i work for no matter what location i'm in i always talk to employees either one-on-one or in focus group type sessions and ask them what are we doing well what are we not doing well and the number one thing that comes up regardless of where I'm at or what level the employee is at because you've worked at several companies right? I've worked at several companies yes and I work with several levels of employees from senior leaders to uh, entry-level positions. And it's not just one region of the country either. I mean, Correct. you've been all over the country, so you've dealt with all sorts of people. So across, so anyone listening to this podcast can probably relate to what you're talking about. You've probably dealt with someone of all races, creeds, religions. Yes. all cultures, all ages, yeah. all levels. Yes. Yeah. The number one reason that people come, come back with every single time is communication. What, what do we need to do better? Communication. And what I found throughout the years is what the, the biggest part about communication that we don't do well. Is now, you say in WIA, you talk about they come back and say that the company is not yes, communicating yes. very well. Okay. The company, their manager. All right. That comes up a lot. But think about communication. I mean, that's a huge topic. What is that? What, are you, what right. do I really mean Wide by communication? Open. So right. many times I have to probe to ask them what they really mean by that. But what I have found is. With communication, when we start elementary school, we start learning how to write. We start learning how to read. We start learning how to have conversations with other people. But I don't remember a single solitary class where they taught us how to listen. Wow. That's mind-blowing. I mean, that's – you're right. I mean, we don't teach people how to communicate. We teach them how to get their views out. We teach them how writing is all about getting your thoughts on paper, convincing people to go a certain way. But we don't – Right. And that, that listening is a critical and valuable skill. And it isn't something that's innate. It isn't something that you are born a good listener or not a good listener. It is something that has to be learned and practiced and honed. So people aren't just born with, uh, with good listening skills and other people born with the bad listening skills. It's something that they have learned if they're good at it. Correct. And would you say if we're bad at it, we learn that somewhere too? Oh, Absolutely. Wow, interesting. And you know, we we say this all the time, whether it's God or each other or a friend or a neighbor or a child or a parent or whatever, no relationship is better than its communication. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. You need to be able to communicate with each other in order to understand people's needs, in order to understand what they're going through, in order to help them understand what you're going through and to help them understand what your needs are. Right, right. 
So you said that the, the number one thing that you hear from people who are in a situation where it's not good, that's, they only usually come to you when it's not doing well. Do you ever wish people would come to you before it got that bad? Absolutely. <laughs> but that rarely happens. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we did that, though? Like with our friends, our spouses, or whoever we're close to, when something little begins to bother us, if we would deal with it right then and there instead of waiting until we blow up. Right. So they, the number one thing that they say to you when you ask them what you could improve on, the number one thing they say is the communication of the person in charge of me or the company. Correct. Right? And even when you do engagement surveys or company surveys, company feedback surveys, the number one answer is always communication. Always. Wow. So are you saying that even in the business world, for the most part, we tend to not do communication that well? Is that what you're trying to tell us? In my experience, the one skill that is not practiced and honed and understood well is communication and going deeper into that the one skill which I think is a critical skill in business in life in mothering and in, in with marriage partners is listening no one is born knowing how to listen wow. knowing how to listen you can hone that skill though well, all right, drop some drop some knowledge on us here. How do you hone that skill? The number one thing that we need to understand is listening doesn't just mean I have to keep my mouth shut while you talk. Listening really means I have to listen to what you're saying, but I also have to listen to what you're saying underneath the surface. What what are you really saying? Right. So that requires some question asking as well. But I, I'm going to refer to a habit that is from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by the author Stephen Covey. He's been an uh, America's bestseller for many years. He's on the top business books. But one of those skills or one of those habits he talks about is seek first to understand and then be understood. So what does that mean? Usually when people are seeking to understand, they want to seek to understand from their perspective, like... From their own frame of reference. Seek to understand first before being understood means I need to find out where you're coming from. So there's a story, and I, th I believe it's in Stephen Covey's book, where you see someone in a, a subway and, and it's a, a man with what appears to be his four children and they're wreaking havoc all over the subway and people are getting very frustrated by it. And finally, someone said, can I help you? with your children you know what's going on uh -huh. you seem to be really overwhelmed and he ends up telling them that I you know I just came from the hospital my wife died and I'm just really overwhelmed right now seeking to understand in that situation would be asking him well wow. is there something you know you look really overwhelmed is there something you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I remember that illustration. And I, I believe in that illustration, from what I remember, the guy that went to him wasn't asking necessarily if he could help with the kids. He was, or at least a lot of people that were in the subway were pretty upset. Yeah. Because his kids are going bonkers, man. Right. They're like pulling in, pulling the reins, and people getting angry until they found out that his best friend and wife and spouse just passed away in the hospital. So... No wonder his kids are acting right. like that. And then it changes everybody's outlook towards that person because they kind of understand why he's going through what he's going through. Is that right? Correct. And you, because you, you're looking at people and you're making assumptions. You have your own frame of reference. When people act that way, it's because of bad parenting. Right. So you have your own frame of reference. So you already are coming to the situation with your personal judgment or uh, your personal agenda or your personal objective. I want them to shut their kids up. Because I am trying to focus on my homework for school. Right. That's right. my own agenda. Right. And I'm assuming that they're running amok because you don't know how to parent. Right. 
right? In fact, I travel a lot, you know, and in the airplane, there's always, always kids that are, you know, making noises or whatever. And it's, it's always funny. I, you know, I like to look around at the other people that are getting short or getting angry about it. And I get it. You know, you got a kid screaming in your ear or whatever. Uh, but, you know, one thing that really helps me through that is, is that, you know, I, I, when someone's doing that behind us, and I, I, you know, I, I lean over the person next to me and I say, you know what's good about that noise? And they say, what? Like, anything could be good for that kid screaming? It's not ours. <laughs> you know? But I remember traveling with my son, Jordan. You remember that. You know, you've traveled with us when right. he was younger, too. And he would just wake up and scream. And then you're trying to keep him quiet. And you're trying. But it's not an easy thing to do. And I think sometimes we forget. Either they haven't been there before or they've forgotten what it was like when they had a kid. And I think if we, you know, like that old Indian proverb, I talk about when you do a school assemblies, but, you know, when you walk a mile in someone else's shoes, isn't that kind of, you know, yeah, absolutely. that's what, what it means to listen to understand. Right. So people, you say people don't really listen to understand? No, they usually listen to reply. Wow. So if someone is... Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we all do it. I yeah. mean, when someone's telling us a story, we either want to to interject with our advice because we've gone through that before right. or we want to interject with our opinion right. or our judgment that's wrong or that's right. Right. Or we got a good thing to add on to that or, and oh, for me, Oh, remember when I did that before? Oh yeah. I, yeah, right. I did the, oh, same, yeah, thing. the same thing. Right. Right. And what happens in those situations is you're not showing empathy. Mm. They, if, if someone comes to you or comes to me and they've just been laid off, and my immediate response to that is, you know, I've been in a situation where I was, my position was eliminated at a company and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But if I tell them that in the moment when they just need someone to listen to me, right. I'm basically telling them that I know better than they do because I know it's going to be where it'll work right. out for your good. Right. And that's, that's really not fair to the, to the person. Right. And, and even for me, like, my theme is to help people. You know, mm -hmm. it's an acronym. H is for healing. I'm here to bring healing. It's emotional healing or relational healing or whatever. I'm here to bring encouragement. That's the E. The L is I'm here to make people laugh because that does a lot, you know. And I'm here to make people ponder, you know. And that's what we do, kind of do all those in this podcast. But sometimes that's my weakness because when someone's sharing with me an issue that they're going through, um, I'm immediately thinking of what the answer, how I can fix. And, you know, one thing that kind of cured me of that, too, is with, with my wife you know, with, with Christine is that, you know, she would share something with me and then I immediately would want to fix it, you know, and then, but she didn't want me to fix it, which didn't make sense to my mind at all going, well, why would you tell me if you don't want to be fixed? And mm -hmm. she would tell me, cause I just want you to listen right. to me. I just want you to hear me. And sometimes I, most of the time, probably she didn't need to hear anything from me. She just wanted me to hear her. She's putting her heart out on the table for me. And if I'm not listening to I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it seems to me from what you're saying, if someone puts their heart on the table and I don't listen to their whole sentence, I don't listen until they're finished talking, I'm not even paying attention to that heart on the table. I'm paying more attention to my heart that's still in my chest. And, uh, you know, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I know how that is as a, as a wife, and I also know how that is as a mother. I mean, there's when, when our children are hurting or when our children have an issue, we want to fix it. Right. We don't want to see them it's in natural, pain. It's natural, isn't it? And sometimes the pain is a great lesson for them. And sometimes you need to ask questions to find out what the real story is. If you mm. just if you just listen to what's on the surface, 
you don't really get to understand that maybe the reason they're not doing well on that test is because they can't see the blackboard because they need glasses. Right. And you're not going to figure that out on the surface, especially someone that hasn't had a lot of years in school and someone that needs help sure. figuring out what the real solution is. You're, you're going to get to real solutions by asking questions and, and listening not only to what they're saying, but also to what they're not saying. Right, because in every conversation, there's process and there's dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the one is we're talking right now, it's the words that you're saying, the words I'm saying. But the, the, the dynamics of what's going on in the room, you know, is your body language, my body language, you know, how that was said. That's a problem with a lot of, you know, talking and communicating through social media, through email, through whatever. You can't see their face. You can't see, are they looking somewhere else? Is, is their body pointed towards the, does it look like they're pointing towards the door? Does it look like they're ready to get out of the room? You know, that, that's just as important as what is right. being said, right? right. You know, right. is, is p paying attention to what everything else is going on around. You can tell if somebody, maybe not everyone can, but I mean, for the most part, if you're really listening, you can tend, don't you think, to feel what's going on inside of them and it kind of changes everything with how we respond to them. Agree. And I think there are some, there's some tricks to really open up that conversation too, by making sure that you're repeating back to them, not exactly what they're saying, but feeling from a place of empathy, putting yourself in their shoes and indicating, you know what, that must be really hard for you. You know what? I appreciate you telling me that. And I understand how frustrated you must be. Okay. So, don't seek, seek, seek first to understand and, and then, then be, understood. be understood. In other words, don't, the, and then be understood doesn't mean I'm going to make sure you understand me. Right. It means if I understand you, you're probably going to understand me then. Is that right? Yes. So in, we put the cart in front of the horse instead of, I want to make sure you get my point. If I focus on getting your point, then you're probably going to understand my heart, my feelings, my point. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Okay. And I think a key part of that is making sure that you validate their feelings, validate their feelings initially. What does that mean? You sound really frustrated right now. You sound really angry right now. I bet that's really frustrating. I bet that's really scary. Now, what do you do when someone says that and said, you better believe I'm frustrated. Of course I'm angry. What are you saying? Are you saying I'm angry? Are you trying to tell me that I'm depressed? What do you I mean? What do you do when someone, is there a way that you can respond that they don't come back at you like that? Or if they do come back at you like that, what do you, what do you do? I would say I sense some hostility. I sense some anger and I'm just trying to figure out what we can do to help in this situation. So tell me what's going on. Yeah. Tell me more about that as another key sentence that you can use. To, tell me more. Like, that's interesting. Tell me more. Yes. So okay. it's really about the other person, not yourself. Yeah. You know, make someone happy and you'll be happy too, you know? Yeah, exactly. So listen to understand and then be understood. It's a skill that can be learned through practice and it's something that would help in all your relationships. Okay. So give us some... Give us some quick hacks. Show us how to do this so we can end this podcast and start practicing this listening to understand. One of the things that you can do is remove the I. Talk less about yourself. You can instead say, that sounds really frustrating. Man, you seem really angry. So in other words, removing the I simply means to not talk about yourself so much. Right. Ask them more questions. That, right. You know, and don't make you statements like you do this and you do that, but... Ask how they're feeling. I mean, so in other words, don't talk about yourself. Right. And 
Val- spend more time listening to them or ask them questions about themselves and then what value Val- validate their feelings okay and you validate their feelings just by saying that sounds frustrating and I like that more than you sound upset because it'd be if someone's upset you know they say love is blind because love is a passion so when someone's in love they don't think clearly well, when we're angry, we don't think clearly either. You know, when we're depressed, we don't think clearly either. All passions, when we're deep into them, we can't think. The deeper we get into those passions, I think the less we tend to think common sense-wise. So if I'm really angered or depressed about something, I'm I'm up to my neck in some negative emotion. You know, if you say to me, you sound really angry, I could very easily, you know, come back at you. But if you say to me, boy, is that frustrating to you? Boy, that sounds like that would be difficult. Yeah, what sounds better? Man, you seem really angry or, gosh, that would be really frustrating. Well, if I was in those shoes, I know what that would make me feel like. And so I think if we use the word I'm sorry a lot too, probably. Yeah, because you're basically helps. saying you understand where they're coming from. If That's you say you, you sound do. really angry right now, that doesn't tell them that you understand why they're angry. If you say, gosh, that situation would make someone really frustrated. God, that situation could make someone really angry. Yeah, and I, you know, and I think when we say we're sorry too, that doesn't mean that we cause that pain. It means we're sorry that yeah, they're hurting. I'm sorry you're going through this. Yeah, I'm yeah. really sorry you're going through this. This is a tough situation to deal with. All right, good. So talk about yourself less. Any other hacks? Validate their feelings. Validate their feelings. Okay. Come to the situation without an agenda or without an objective. So remove any previous ideas you had about that particular person. Okay. So what do you mean get rid of your agenda? Does that mean like I'm going to fix this person they're coming to me? I'm going to fix their situation and we'll all be out of this and you know I call that the sitcom answer. You know, mm-hmm. how you doing? Oh, I'm fine, good. We pat each other on the back, meaning if I can give you a real quick answer to your problem, you know, then we can end this conversation and whoo, I can check that off. Yep. I help that person. And But truth is, it took a long time. When you're deep over your head in some negative emotion, that didn't happen in 30 minutes. It's probably not going to be fixed in 30 minutes. But in a sitcom, you find out the, the problem and get the solution all within 30 minutes of TV time, which is more like 20 minutes by right. the time all the commercials. And that just isn't going to happen, you know. So the agenda could be, I want to see you fixed and I want to fix you yeah, you know, within this one conversation, right? Any other agendas you'd think that we would have? Absolutely. That you know, if an employee comes to me and they've been a problem employee and they just had a, a situation that occurred and I come to that situation with they're the they're the reason why the problem occurred, mm-hmm. then I, that's my agenda. Right. I every question that I'm asking that person is because I know you were the problem. When if I go in there without an agenda, I'm going to seek to understand. I'm going to find out why the situation happened, how the situation happened without any undertones of this person was wrong. This person was at fault. Do you ever have to remind yourself a lot while the conversation is going yes, on? Do I not absolutely, get an agenda? Yes, Do not get, absolutely. Okay. And I, I ha- many times before I go into a conversation, I have to sometimes pray that I will be non-judgmental I like that and even to pray while they're talking yeah. inside your head you can say god help me not i'm getting judgmental i'm getting you know absolutely and it's and it's hard to maintain that at times especially if they're angry or they are going off the deep end on you right it's hard to maintain that but if you can focus and talk yourself back off back off this is not about you this is about mm. them i tell you what when that does happen though and the and there's a true resolution that comes boy it's pretty or when you find out that you were wrong yeah right. that if you had an agenda going in there that this person was in the wrong and after talking to them you know what he was whatever happened was validated and that's the way the situation occurred because of you know a b and c and you know where i'm really another i just got hit between the eyes with a 
proverbial two by four too, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know why I'm really bad at this is like when, you know, Christine, my wife will come to me about something and I'll see this as an opportunity to bring up something else that she's done that's bothered me, mm-hmm. but that she's not doing that's bothered right. me. Right? I've done that a lot, man. I mean, I'm just really convicted right now. I need to go call my wife and apologize to her because I've done that. I've turned it around. She comes to me open and vulnerable about something, but instead of seeking, listening to understand, right. I am listening. Here's a great opportunity to throw throw this thing in there. Yeah, you want to be understood yeah, first. Right, and and it's, I'm selfish. So the Bible talks about, in, 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 it's called the love chapter, and you know that one by heart, actually. Mm-hmm. You learned that when you were a little, a little girl, when you are a teenager. Um, but, you know, love is patient. Love isn't like patience. Love is patient right you know and when your patient is love it's it's not a metaphor there it's a simile love is patient patient is love i mean when i'm patient with you i'm loving you right yeah absolutely well remember we need help so if we're gonna help somebody else out we do that by listening to understand them not to control them not so that we can throw in our not rebuttal. to reply. That's, that's, a, that's a big pill to swallow, but I think it's a good pill to swallow. And I think that if we learn to swallow that pill, our relationships are only going to get better. I agree. Thank you for listening. We hope that helped. Steve Ace.